Clubhouse bonus episode, Supporting Teachers Through Stress. We're Aaron and Dave Tashin, co-hosts of the Mindful Educators podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, Elite Educators, it's Gretchen here from Always a Lesson. I'm popping in here with a super exciting bonus episode. I have been leading chats on the Clubhouse app, which is an audio conversation platform for months now. I created the Instructional Coaching Club on Clubhouse, and I lead those chats Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, so I sure hope you join us. But if not, drumroll please, you can catch the replay right here. How cool is that? This is a new feature Clubhouse has rolled out, so the past chats we've held are not recorded. It's such a bummer. However, going forward, I will be sharing the replay with you here. Even more professional support for you on your edu leadership journey. So let's dive into the convo. Hey, Lori. Hi. How are you? Good. I feel like I need to get myself caught up. It's been a while since I've been on Clubhouse. <laughs> I, I had to take a break too. And sometimes we end up doing these chats every other week just because life is crazy and we need to kind of reboot. So no worries. And this app changes so often, but I think you'll be able to figure everything out. Hey, Ariel, welcome to the conversation. Um, let's get started, Lori. Let's dive, dive in because Folks are going to be able to catch this replay, and then, of course, I'll share it out on the podcast after. So let's just Perfect. jump into it, share a little bit about your background, and then tee us up a little bit about, hey, Inga, hey, Tamara, for why you thought this might be a really good topic to discuss. Sure. So good evening, everyone. Happy Sunday night. Um, my name is Lori Poole. I currently serve as a district literacy specialist Um in South Carolina, and pretty much my job revolves around supporting literacy coaches throughout our district. Before I was the literacy specialist, I also was um, a literacy coach, and then before that, of course, I was in the classroom for many years. Um, so right now, as the literacy specialist supporting our coaches, currently, we're dealing with a lot of stress, a lot of stress from teachers, but also a lot of stress from our literacy coaches. Um, as you can imagine, I imagine in your school, uh, this is accurate as well. We are dealing with a severe sub shortage. And because of that sub shortage, we are asking our literacy coaches to sub. And so many of our coaches are subbing um, almost every day. And so our coaches are also dealing with a lot of stress because they're trying to maintain their coaching responsibilities, and also serve as a substitute teacher. So I think we're dealing with so many layers of stress. It's not just teachers, it's instructional leaders and instructional coaches. And I think it's fair to say that our administrators are dealing with high levels of stress as well. So tonight, I, Gretchen and I just thought that we would grab this topic and do some brainstorming together. Yes, excellent. Hey, Michael, good to see you. Hey, Jenny, welcome to the conversation. I see your little party hat. That means you're new to the app. That'll fall away in a few days, so no worries about that. 
Uh, for everyone in the room who's not a veteran, you just hit the little paper airplane. That allows you to type to us if you have a question, but you don't want to come up and actually speak. You can do that there. It's like a text feature. There's the hand raise tool at the bottom if you do want to come up and share a story or ask a question. There's the plus and then a little body. You can invite your friends in. And then if you hear something that's really good and you want to remember it, use the scissors and it actually goes backwards. So if you didn't hear something in the beginning and you want to hear it again, it allows you to pick a section. I can't remember how many seconds, but it does go backwards to catch the beginning of what someone said and you can send it to yourself or share it out on social. So that's just a quick background on the app. But yes, Lori's an amazing instructional coach, especially in the area of literacy. And we're going to focus on how we're supporting teachers during stress, which has been the last three years, honestly, with all the shifts in COVID protocol and everything that teachers are battling on the home front, but then also at school, it's a lot to manage. And if you follow Lori or I on Instagram, today we talked a little bit about what we're hoping to discuss today. And we shared that you know, stress might look different for everybody. What stresses you out might not stress me out. Uh, we all have different assets to our lifestyle that might add stress or take away stress. So it's hard to create a blanket protocol for everyone about how to manage stress. So this is going to certainly force us to really get to know teachers in a way we might not have known before. But one of the biggest problems we're noticing is the gap from the way education used to operate and to how it needs to operate in the future. And we're kind of caught in the middle. We're trying to move forward and accept this as a new normal, but we're not really changing a lot of the protocols or the expectations to do so. So teachers are really trying to be two different people. The past, which is just not our reality, and the future, which we're not set up to support them in doing so. And so through tonight's chat, we'll be able to prioritize Let's go back into school this week. Let's chat with our admin team and decide what it is that we can do to either eliminate certain things or understand it's going to be stressful. How do we support teachers through it? How do we give them the tools necessary to operate so that they can be healthy human beings in addition to being educators and all the other facets that they have in their life? Lori, before we dive in more, do you want to add anything else to that? Sure. So I thought I would get us started with a few questions. Um, I am pulling these questions from The Joyful Teacher. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with it. Uh, the author is Barrett Gordon, which I consider a friend of mine. She published this book in 2020. Now, I'm sure she started writing it way before um, we were dealing within the pandemic, but its timing to come out right in 2020 was pretty... Um, I'd say pretty perfect, even though I know she didn't plan for it. So the very first chapter, guys, is on staying healthy and happy in a demanding job. I'm going to read you a few of the questions because I think when we're considering the stress, the stress that our teachers are under, and we fast forward and we think about the impact of that stress, it's very scary, and I think that you guys probably feel that as well. The scary thought of us losing teachers. And so I think our big goal tonight is thinking, how can we lift their stress 
and how can we retain teachers? So I want you to listen to these statements. Um, in her book, she's kind of asking teachers to reflect and they can select yes, sometimes or not yet. All right, here we go. I am generally content to go to work each day. When people ask me what I do, I tell them the positive things about teaching. I have some tough days, but overall, the good in my job outweighs the bad. I approach problems in my job and try to solve them. In five years, I foresee myself teaching. Okay, think about those statements. And if you're an administrator or an instructional coach, you could probably just think of a teacher or two that you work with and think about how they would answer or how would they respond to those statements. Okay, Gretchen, are you ready to continue our conversation? Yes. I'm also going to link that in the show notes for this because I think that book is much needed, whether we did a book study with it or we just took snippets and maybe even did uh, a PD where we could check in on teachers and have them really think about these questions, but not only hear their answers, they might have solutions as they're doing the self-reflection. They might be ready to say, you know, I've realized I think I need X or Y from you or from my admin team or from my colleagues or whatever. And so I think what I end up doing naturally as a teacher leader is giving them solutions when they're talking to me about a problem. And I think I need to force myself to allow them to struggle enough to where they want to solve their own problem. And maybe then I can give feedback on what it might look like. But I think we need to give them a voice, especially right now with stress. They might feel like when we're giving them a solution that it's one more thing because it's not their style, doesn't fit their personality or their day to day. Everyone has different habits. So I think it's essential after they reflect on these questions that they start to think, okay, I know what I need. How can I get it? What can my coach give to me? And that might empower them to feel like they do have control in a situation where they feel like they don't have much control at all. And I know a lot of stressors come from some various things. So I'll get us started thinking about what these might be. And then Lori, I'll pass it to you to add on to this list. And then we'll bring anyone up from the audience that also wants to share a major stressor, even if you don't know how to work around it right now, or you feel like there's not really a better solution. Let's bring it up and let's let's chat. So one of the big ones is lesson plans for teachers. In the past, there have been, this is the format you have to use and we're gonna check it every day or every Sunday or whatever it is. And I understand for compliance purposes, we need to know that teachers are properly planning. However, if you truly think about plans and what they're designed for, it's not a compliance check the box. And I would end up as a teacher having to rewrite lesson plans so many times because I'm doing it for you, but it's not the way my brain works. So then I have to rewrite it, but then I have to revise it because whatever happened yesterday in class changes what I got to do today. And I'm like, I am working triple time. And so if we think about, okay, if we're meeting with teachers during PLCs and we're properly planning, we should feel good the fact that they're going to go back and write it out. 
I'm not saying we don't have to check them, but maybe we need to rethink this whole process of the requirement of the lesson plan. I know it's a pain to have to go around and make sure that they're written, but honestly, we all know when you walk in a classroom if someone's prepared or not. And then only that person should have to go through the rigorous steps of the checking. And that's one thing that if we said to teachers, the plans need to get done, they need to get done well, write them however you wanna write them. As long as they have these elements, I'm fine with that. We're not gonna be behind your back constantly checking unless you prove otherwise. And maybe the teachers will feel a little bit of breathing room from that freedom and from that flexibility. Another one I wanted to bring up is technology tools. When we were in the midst of the pandemic and we had most of the class was virtual, we were using so many different tools because we thought engagement meant try a new tool. Instead of actually thinking through what is the, what is the purpose of using technology, if it's enhancing the lesson because I can't do it better myself, then we're going to use it. And I think we've gotten back into the rut of, oh, let me try all these cool new tools because they all have free subscriptions right now. Maybe we need to be the voice of reason to teachers and say, chill out, pick a few that are really powerful tools. Let's do fewer and better. And maybe you can be an advocate, try to get some more subscriptions for your teachers of tools that they really like. And maybe the subscription for free is no longer there and whatever. But when we limit options, that immediately decreases stress. And right now teachers are feeling like there's so many different tools. They can't even think about how to start. They don't know which one. So I always tell them, then stop making it a choice. Being a great teacher doesn't mean you use so many additional resources. Sometimes the way you question students and the way you model something for students and the way you allow them to interact with each other is more powerful than a tool. So don't get wrapped up in because we're in this hybrid stage of we're virtual, we're not, or we're trying to do more with technology. Like let's not make it a thing where we need to have different tools. The third one, and then I'll give it to Lori. I have a few more, but I don't want to give too many away right now, is professional development. And we did this in our last chat about sit and get, hey, Marilyn, and the fact that we used to say, if you sat here for an hour, you get your credit hours for, towards your license. And we're realizing that's obviously not translating to proficiency in the classroom, number one. But number two, is that best use of time right now? If teachers are stressed out, they don't have enough time in the day to do what they need to do because of all these new requirements in the COVID era we live in, how can we reroute PD? And we gave lots of ideas last week. If you um, didn't get a chance to listen to that, I'll pin it to the top in a second. But we need to think beyond sitting everyone in the room unless we truly are going to do a powerful collaboration that they can have PD micro PDs in their PLCs or a PD in a box or potty PD or all these other options. And I understand accountability. We're going to have to figure that out. But we've got to start thinking teachers need time to do what they're doing in the classroom. And how can we take some of that time away and repurpose it? So Lori, I know that was a lot. I talked a little bit about lesson plans, tech tools, and PD. Do you want to add on to that or do you want to add on to some additional stressors that teachers are facing? So I'll start by adding on thinking about traditional PD. In fact, I just submitted a proposal um, to present at a coaching conference and the title of my proposal 
was unprofessional development. Because it's just like you said, like we have to move past the traditional PD. Teachers, it, it's too much. They don't have the time. They may not even have the capacity to think through that learning opportunity. So I totally agree. We have to rethink the way that we're growing teachers. Now, with that being said, as leaders, we know we can't stop growing teachers, but we have to rethink the way that we have always provided professional learning. And if we're being honest, professional learning probably has needed to be revamped for years now. So this is just moving us in the right direction. So a couple things that I kind of brainstormed um, that I think is causing stress. The next one I would mention is that I feel like many of our teachers are mourning traditional practices. Like they're in this mourning stage of, you mentioned it earlier, I've always done it this way, or every year we do this particular project. I mean, I'm not sure how to make it work this year. And so I think it's really stressful when we're trying to do everything that we always did, but we're, you know, we have to keep up with the new responsibilities. So I think that's causing a lot of stress for teachers. And as an instructional coach, I wonder if you could guide teachers or guide a teacher in just brainstorming. Like, what are you trying to do? Let's bucket all of your responsibilities and let's think about what we could do to empty some of these buckets in a good way. I also think as leaders, the first step in, in really helping teachers overcome this high stress level is putting on our tough skin and asking them, what's on your plate? What feels overwhelming to you? Almost as if leaders are gathering this list. Because if we have a list of all the reasons and all of the responsibilities that teachers are feeling are overwhelming and they can't keep up, if we have that list, then we can consider what we can remove, right? Um, I, I, I think I came across this on Instagram where an instructional coach, or maybe it was an administrator, gave each teacher one of those really cheap paper plates, you know, like the thin, they're like real paper, and had teachers just list everything that was on their plate. And then the leader collected those plates, went back and thought about what they could remove. And so I think, gosh, that sends such a message to teachers. I'm listening and I'm going to work to remove something. Now, going back to mourning those traditional practices, I'm scratching my head because I'm thinking, how do we help teachers find their new teacher identity? It's a really hard statement to accept, but we're not going back to normal. So we really have to guide our teachers in finding their new identity. Something else I think teachers are dealing with that is it's, in some ways, it's a lot of extra work. It's keeping up with not only lesson plans, Gretchen, but quarantine plans. So for many teachers, they're now writing double plans. What are the kids doing with me when we're face-to-face? -face, and what are they doing if they're home? Good point about the double plans with Who's at home? What do they need to do? And that actually leads into one of the stressors teachers are mentioning 
is what's expected of me during a lesson. That old, I remember a principal walked by and said, God, I never catch you teaching because I was always in small groups working with kids. And luckily at the time, my facilitator said, yeah, that's actually best practice. You don't want her sitting up there talking at them for the entire lesson. But my principal had been teaching for gosh, decades. And that's how it was when she was teaching. And so it, this is a mindset shift for us of what is good teaching now? And if, teach, if you're expecting to go into a classroom, especially with a staff shortage and sub shortage, that they're gonna be able to just suddenly teach to 40 kids in the class or whatever it is, because someone didn't show up and now you're divvying kids out to everybody. It's just not, it's not gonna work. And it's honestly not what's always best to stand up there and talk to kids. So it's helpful if we say, all right, our expectations are that you're at least using direct instruction for 10 minutes, no more than 20 minutes at a time, meaning, you do a beginning of your lesson and then they're working together. They're turning and talking, stopping and jotting, getting into groups. You're going around checking in on kids or pulling a group. And then you could come back again for a layer two of direct instruction. But we're not going to sit up there for 30 straight minutes. Like we've got to chunk it out. And if we can leverage technology and flipped learning, if we have someone who's out because they're quarantining, but otherwise pretty healthy, they can do their direct instruction 10 minutes, kids log in, they either watch what's pre-recorded or they're Skyping with their teacher, who's even though their kids are in your room, they're still meeting with their teacher and then they're off and they're working on wherever they can access their resources and making all the copies. And it, do we need to be doing that? Like I used to have some paper copies for kids who I knew didn't have technology at home. So let's start thinking through a lesson must have A, B, C, D, whatever it is, and how can we work smarter so that at a moment's notice, kids can access what they need if the teacher's not there. And I know you feel like, gosh, that's going to be a lot of prep. It is, but if we're doing this often enough, then students are going to be used to logging into their portal, finding the assignments that they need, chatting with their teacher, going into the hub and leaving comments there. And if a teacher's out, we all have each other's passwords or whatever we need to upload videos and, and help out. I think the way we deliver in smaller chunks in a flipped way where kids can rewatch certain sections and the bulk of the time in the classroom is loud and noisy and everyone's working and trying to figure it out together. And it's not sitting in rows and listening. The part though with having to social distance could be a little bit difficult, but again, with technology, there's lots of ways for kids to still communicate with each other without being super close to each other. Lori, thoughts on that? I have to add my thoughts on this. Um, just like two weeks ago, I was finishing up an evaluation cycle with a teacher. And when we had the post-conference or post-observation conversation, she mentioned the struggle of trying to catch up the students who were on quarantine. So she's been trying to reteach the mini lesson when the students come back. And I coached her in the same way that you just mentioned, the same mindset. I said, you know, whether we're dealing with COVID or not, 
when we think about instruction, we know that mastery doesn't always happen during whole class instruction. It's what we do with our students in small groups or in individual conferences that really grow them. So I tried to help her develop that mindset of, I may not have to reteach them the mini lesson. I just need to pick up where they are and work with them in a small group. And so developing that kind of mindset, I think was really helpful for her. So I totally agree in the emphasis of on small group instruction and less emphasis on this elaborate whole class lesson. And I know tracking assignments is absolutely stressful of who was here, who is not here, who needs what from me. The best way that I've just seen kind of on the fly is as you're teaching whatever, if you have it printed out, because I was old school and like to actually hold it, or if you have it on your device, on the actual lesson itself, write attendance, like who is missing. And then you each day at the end of class, that's one of your first things is upload or send an email or whatever the tracking system is to each kid so that they have what parts that they needed, what sheets they needed for it, what videos they needed for it, what materials they needed for it. Um, I'm sure there's a million better ways to track it, but that's just kind of in the moment on the fly, not very expensive at all. And in the moment, and the reason I say in the moment so important is because teachers are waiting to the end of the day and then they can't remember so-and-so left for a doctor's appointment. Shoot, which time of day was that? What did they miss? Um, the days start running together when you have multiple students coming in and out, especially if you have kids from another class are there. And if you just write it on the actual thing, it's really helpful to go back and double check and not have to rely on your memory which is another stressor for teachers is their day is so crazy busy and things are changing very quickly and they feel like in the moment they're going to remember to do something and they don't. So giving them an opportunity to have a central location where they write notes for themselves at the end of the day, they take five to 10 minutes to review whatever notes that they wrote, fix it, email whoever, give copies to whomever, whatever they need to do before they prep their room for the next day or leave or what have you. But we've got to get them into some sort of organizational system that works for them to keep track of what's happening. Because if you wait till the end of the day, end of the week, you're absolutely not going to remember. Laura, do you have a, a good solution for tracking these things? I don't know if I have a good solution, but I do know that many teachers tell me that they're really stressed out when they're trying to track down assignments. Assignments like, let's just say the student was home and was on quarantine, but didn't complete those assignments. And so I really don't know the solution. I did tell the particular teacher I was in a conversation with, like, we have to realize that we can't control what happens when they're home. You know, we can't control when they have to go on quarantine or when they become sick. We can't control the work that they're doing at home or the assignments that they're completing. And so that brings me to um, what I had mentioned to you earlier, helping teachers develop this mindset of turning this impossible situation into a possible opportunity. And so we are trying to do the impossible. We're trying to do something that has never been done before. But we could change our mindset by thinking about, okay, what's the possible opportunities today? Like Gretchen is here today. What can I do to grow her while she's here? Because that's what I can control as a teacher. I can control 
the instruction that I provide my class when the students are there, right? And so I think I don't have a solution for tracking down assignments, but I do think one shift that teachers could make would be thinking about those possible learning opportunities. Yep, 100% agree. Mindset's going to be a lot of how we support teachers during the stress right now and helping them navigate how do I think about what's happening to me and how do I move forward and move through it? Some things don't have a solution, but most things do. And a lot of what teachers are facing is, is they don't know what to do with all the emotions. And so we can certainly help them work through it. They get clear headed. They come up with their solutions. They're empowered to move forward. And now we are allowing them to apply these strategies in life or when the next obstacle comes, which it will. Uh, we don't want to do too much thinking for them, but we truly want to be a partner as they're going through it. I want to welcome Inga to the stage, dear friend of mine, and then a wonderful Komad here in our Sunday chats with Instructional Coaching Club. She is an instructional coach and has something to share. Inga, go ahead. I put you on mute. Are you able to take yourself off? <laughs> okay, sorry. I was tapping the wrong place to unmute. Hey, this has been a great conversation. I was just going to add, um, I love the plate idea, Lori. And I think one thing that teachers feel is that our leaders are pushing things out, pushing things down, and they're not really listening to what they have to say or what's stressing them. So I love the plate idea and how that will allow teachers to at least feel like uh, somebody's listening. Somebody cares that I'm as stressed out as I am. And I think the more we open up the dialogue between our teachers and our leaders, the more uh, comfortable teachers will feel sharing these stressors and not just kind of taking that on themselves and going through their days, mourning and moping through their days because they feel like nobody cares, nobody listens. So I thought that was a great idea. And I like the fact that you say that they are actually mourning the old things that they are used to doing as opposed to embracing some of the new things. I was talking to a teacher just the other day and she was talking about all the things that she used to do. And yeah, they were great activities, but they're not the best for the direction we're moving in. And just having those open, candid, transparent conversations about um, the new direction, I think is really helpful. And um, I just wanted to really, I came on to add that point about the op opening up the dialogue between the leaders and the teachers. I think that is the number one start and, and that's where we need to move. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. It's actually a perfect segue because one of the stressors I was mentioning is about teachers feeling like they're not heard, as you mentioned. And so if you have a committee who generally meets to discuss problems and problem solve. We used to have grade level, like a representative from each grade level, they'd come to my classroom. We would talk through what are the issues for your grade level. I would then bring everything for kinder through fifth to my principal, she'd read through and write back like what she thought she might be able to do to remedy the situation. And so if we have that, that's great. But honestly, it's not enough of an outlet. It's still all business. 
So are we making part of our job an opportunity for teachers to get real and to talk and to be open? Are we asking questions that allow them to be honest about what they're facing? So if you don't have office hours, I feel like I talk about it every time because we truly aren't making enough of the effort to be there to just talk through whatever's happening. Not everything will have a solution, as I said, and not everything is going to be able to get figured out overnight. But if we continue to be available, which is why I say office hours, whatever it's going to look like for you, be available in a consistent way so that you can get feedback. It doesn't have to be like this committee meeting I was mentioning, because sometimes that can be all business, as I said. But are we truly showing up and giving teachers the opportunity to talk, to hash things out, to be honest about what they're feeling, to tell us about what is affecting them in their home life and work through that? Part of being a great leader is being a great listener. But to be a great listener, you have to be available. And in our normal way that education has run before, we don't to, uh, tip our toe into someone's personal business. But COVID has just kind of forced us to really understand the personal side of, of teachers. And we're all humans. And to better help someone be successful, we have to know what they're willing to share. It doesn't have to get too personal, but instead of like, hey, let's get started on in this PLC meeting right away. Like, how about we have five seconds to scream, yell, hug, high five, like chat and, and have an opportunity. It doesn't have to be a 30 minute venting session, but I think a lot of us could make better room in our schedules for teachers to chat, to talk, to get to the heart of what's happening. And then that's gonna allow us to help them come up with better solutions, to get to the root of the problem, to understand trends we're noticing among folks, to prioritize who needs mental health check-ins, who needs to be on high alert. They might call out tomorrow because they're about to burst today. You know, The more we know, the better we can show up. So evaluate how your schedule looks in terms of being available to teachers. And if there's room to grow there, I encourage you to do so. The other thing before I pass it to you, Lori, is if you haven't already made time, welcome Devon, um, for an admin meeting, please sit through an entire day, walk through it and say to yourself, yay or nay, does this make sense for the students that are currently in our classrooms? Does this make sense for the way instruction should look going forward? Does this make sense for what the culture, the climate and the staff need at the moment? And if it is not essential, it's on hold. If it needs an overhaul, you will gladly take that on and lead the charge. But one thing about being an advocate is we have to get the conversation going. I think admin and, and us are all well-intentioned about wanting to make these changes to decrease the stress and help teachers move through the stress. But honestly, we're not putting it on the calendar and forcing something to come out of the meeting instead of, oh, that's a great idea. Let's follow up next week. No, what is one thing we can change right now that will help teachers? And then next week, what is one thing, you know, over and over broken record. So to me, it's about putting time in our schedules to show up for teachers and get that honest conversation. And then to sit with our admin and say, what changes are going to be made? Let's dedicate ourselves and dedicate time to figuring out what that looks like. Lori, I'll pass to you. Okay, sure. I think I may have a multi-purpose solution.
for some of the issues that we've been talking about tonight. And so remember we talked about um, requiring elaborate lesson plans and what would be an alternative to that. And we've been talking about teachers realizing that administrators and that leaders are listening and they understand what they're going through. And so I think one multi-purpose solution would just be making time to visit classrooms, not time to go in and do all out observations and evaluations, but just to be in a classroom, just to stop by, ask the teacher, how are you doing? Do you need a restroom break? Check in with kids, letting teachers know, hey, I'm making the time for you. I see you. I understand even maybe leaving them with a positive sticky note or a positive email when you leave. But I think teachers want us to listen, but they want us to also see what's happening. When I think about teacher retention, um, Gretchen, you already know this, but my husband was a high school welding instructor. And before that, he worked in the private sector. And so when he transferred, into education, we would talk a lot about morale and school culture. And he always says to me, you know, teaching is a little different than working in the private sector. Because in the private sector, we like our job or we don't like our job. We find a new job. Money can sometimes be that motivator. We're going to make some, you know, higher salary if we move to a different job. In education, Money, her salary, isn't our motivator because it's pretty much similar wherever we go within our state, right? Now, I know states can vary. So why do teachers decide to stay or why do they decide to go? Well, if it's not the money, we know that they're there for the students. That's a given. But also, it's the morale and the culture that helps us retain teachers. And so listening to them, talking with them, visiting with them. Like you said, Gretchen, being a little personal with them. That's what's going to grow morale and culture. And that's what's going to make teachers decide to stay at a school. And that's what we need. We need to really think about solutions, not just solutions that are going to alleviate stress, but solutions that are going to help us retain our teachers. And I think those two really go hand in hand. If we you know, get rid of some of the stress, then hopefully we will keep more of our teachers. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think what happens a lot of times is teachers say, I just feel better that you listen, or I just felt better that you gave it a try, that you went to admin and asked for something to be taken off our plates, or that you went to the district and asked for this, or that you tried to help in some way. Sometimes the action of being willing to just be a partner is all that they want. Being a teacher right now could be overwhelming and lonely, and they're not equipped. They didn't go to school to know how to handle this. None of us did. And so we're just expecting them to figure it out and to have the answers and to be nimble and flexible, and then it's all going to be great. And in the end, they literally don't know what they're doing, and they shouldn't. We've never been in this position before. And so if you can be transparent in your relationship with teachers and say, I can't guarantee a solution. I can't guarantee the outcome. I can't guarantee I'm going to be able to help you in this way. But 
I'm willing to get in there with the best fight and help, or I'm willing to help you with whatever is necessary. I'm willing to stay after, I'm willing to hop on the phone. I'm willing to use Voxer or Marco Polo or all these other apps where we can communicate and not have to be in the same place at the same time. Cause hello, having physical meetings is another outdated practice. Like we have so many tools where teachers could be commuting to pick up their kids or they're running somewhere else that they can still be present and uh, a wonderful partner, a thought partner as they work through things, but we physically don't have to be in the same place at the same time. And so I guess I just wanna remind us all that showing up and just offering support does a lot to de-stress teachers. Lori, what, um, before we close out tonight, we talked a little bit about some popular stressors for teachers and some potential solutions, but what message do you think going forward, just about stress in general, that you want instructional coaches to take back to their schools and start implementing this week? Well, I was kind of uh, chuckling when you said, like, we need our teachers to be nimble and flexible. Because something that I've been saying about teachers, and I think they would agree, is that they're very fragile right now. So what we really have to do is help them move past being fragile to being nimble and flexible. I think our number one goal at this very moment is to work on mindset. I feel like we've said that all night long, but it really is true. Work on mindset, work on their um, just how they're feeling almost considering their emotions right now. Because if we think about a hierarchy of needs and we think about like what our students need, we're always thinking, you know, like Maslow's hierarchy. Well, guess what? Teachers, they also have to, we have to think about their needs. And, you know, obviously we're not dealing with shelter or food, but we're dealing with emotions and that's huge. So I think it's being mindful of their current mindset nurturing a change in mindset and then if we're an instructional leader or instructional coach going to our admin and sharing these ideas with them um you know as an instructional coach or like a literacy coach i feel like we're the glue we're the glue between the teachers and the administrators and sometimes administrators need our perspective they need our perspective to help them realize how they could better serve teachers. Amen, amen, amen. I'm going to resonate with that because I feel like mindset and then let's shift to the part two, which is habits. When we can get the mind right about stress and perspective, then we can start developing the habits. And the reason this is crucial, because no matter what the stressor is, teachers will forever have the same reaction if they don't learn how to deal with it. So I have a three-part system. Feel free to adapt it to help your teachers. But no matter what comes their way, when that stress and overwhelm comes, they follow these three steps. That way you know, no matter what happens this year and beyond, they are capable, they are equipped to deal with it. Step one is they name it. Sometimes teachers are so busy in their day, they don't stop to say, I am feeling stressed because, and just naming it helps them move to step two, which is deal with it. 
dealing with it's going to look different for every teaching style, every person's personality, their triggers and so forth. This is why it's essential you know your teachers as people so you can help them think through how do I deal with it. For example, I got stressed out when they would drop new kids off in my classroom. I had a very transient population. I wouldn't even have a desk or additional textbooks. This kid would show up at 10 o'clock in the morning and I just had to deal with it. It stressed me out beyond belief because I want to welcome them. I want them to feel great. I want to do a quick introduction with them. But now my lesson is off and the kids are staring at me and it's wasted time. I don't mind a new student, but there's got to be a better way. And so I would say to myself when that happened, I'm stressed out because you don't give me any notice, please. And so that was the naming it. Dealing with it is please call me as they are filling out the paperwork to enter the school building. That gives me at least six minutes to get my kids working on something independently. I can scrounge out uh, up a desk from somewhere or you can call custodial staff and they can bring me one so that when the kid comes here, I can properly welcome him. The kids aren't disrupted and we can move forward. So I named it. I knew exactly what the stressor was. I dealt with it by coming up with that solution that made sense for my personality and the situation. And then step three is heal from it. I am horrible at baggage of I'm thinking that I've dealt with something, but I'm still frustrated hours later, days later. And it's because I'm not putting it to bed. I'm not getting frustrated, moving through it and passing it on. It's building up. And so a lot of teachers, when you talk to them, they're like still mad about something from last week. And you'll have to tell them, listen, it's survival of the fittest out here. If we keep putting all these things in our backpack, all these things that stressed us, even though that time has passed, we've moved on, we've come up with a solution, you're still holding on to it. You have no room for additional stress. So when the next stressor comes and there's no room in the backpack, guess what happens? Now your cup runneth over and not the best way possible. And you are no good to anybody. You can't think clearly. You're all emotional. You're not focused on what's important in front of you. And you're no good to anyone. You need a mental health day, which is fine. I'm an advocate. I want people to have their time. But if we can eliminate the bubbling over effect by holding and hoarding on to our stressors, even though they are long gone, then we're never going to be in a healing place. So those steps, we're naming it dealing with it and healing from it. Teach your teachers these strategies so that even though you don't know the solution, you can say, you've got to name it. As soon as it happens, you've got to say, that stressed me out. Well, what was that? You walking in here telling me I have to turn something in at two o'clock. I already have a day full. I can't make that deadline. Step two was dealing with it. Can I get it to you by five? Can I get it to you by tomorrow morning? Coming with the solution and let them know why, and then heal from it. You got to move on. You got to dump it somewhere, get rid of it, go for a run, scream it out, move on. Don't hold on to it. So name it, deal with it, heal from it. Lori, pass it to you. I'm actually jotting that down because I love it. I feel like I need to share that with our literacy coaches um, as soon as possible. I think that's such a great strategy. Um, I think that's a great strategy for admin to know as well, not just instructional leaders, but admin as well, because you know what we haven't talked about? We haven't talked about who's taking care of our instructional leaders and our coaches and who's helping them deal with their stress. I know. So true. We might have to do a 2.0 version of this conversation. Hey, who's taking care of our stress? And then who's taking care of our admin stress? And 
the district and on and on it goes. Uh, but if we can do our best this week to go in and ask our teachers, what's stressing you out? Let's name it. Let's brainstorm together how we can deal with it. And then how can we heal from it? How can we move on? I think you're going to start seeing the mind shift change around stress. They're not going to be waiting for the other shoe to drop. It's almost like I expect a challenge today, but I'm equipped to, to do something about it. That makes me feel like I do have control over my situation. It makes me feel prepared that I can move on from it. And I feel supported because someone's asking me, what's on your mind? Why is it stressing you out? And what can we do about it? So get to know your teachers, get to know what their stressors are, help them build the mindset that they can move through it so that you have these daily habits, which is that three-part system, so that no matter what the stress is, COVID-19 or something, whatever comes next, that'll be really difficult along their career path. They are ready to handle it. And guess what? The students are watching the way we're interacting with teachers and the teacher can share these things with students. These are coping skills, life lessons that are great, not just here in education, but in their personal life as well. So this is essentially a great opportunity to talk to kids about whatever's overwhelming them. And the teacher can open it up to them and say, if there's something that I do that stresses you out, like my kids used to complain about multiplication tests, the timer just was too much, absolutely stressed them out. Then there's an opportunity for them to come up with a solution and, and that builds community and trust and makes you a stronger leader in the classroom because of that. So give time and space for everyone to come together and collaborate. Lori, can you share with us how we can connect with you and learn from you and learn more of these stress and mindset and habits? Of course, the best way to connect with me would be through Instagram. I am at Level Up Literacy. I'm working on opening up a Facebook page, so stay tuned for that. Um, you could also email me at drloripool at gmail. So it's drloripool at gmail. I would love to chat with you through email or direct message over Instagram. But yeah, please connect so we can chat some more. Inga, if you're still available, I'd love to shout you out too. In addition to collaborating here on Clubhouse, where can folks find you if they want to learn more? I am on Instagram and Facebook at Lovely Literacy. So feel free to DM me or message me on either platform. Awesome. Okay, y'all, we are here Sundays at 8 Eastern chatting all things instructional coaching. If you haven't already, go to that little greenhouse at the top. Follow us so you know when a new chat is coming out. Catch the replay. You could go to the club and look at all the past chats we've had and tune in and listen, get caught up on your commute to work. But we are here to truly support the growth and development of teachers so that they can support the growth and development of kids. I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to learn and listen and collaborate. Lori, thanks for being a great comod. And you all have a great week. Go be great. All right, Elite Educators, I hope you found value in that Clubhouse chat. All resources mentioned will be in the show notes. Just visit www.alwaysalesson.com, click on podcast, and find this bonus episode. Wishing you an empowered school year. Go be great.